Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined almost always by my good buddy, Matt Basinger. I have 100% attendance. Except for the times we have to move these recordings to accommodate your schedule. Fair. We're in the Let It Fly Media Studios, joined by Miss Jackie Wise of Emprise Bank. Today's guest is someone that both Matt and I know pretty well, Justin Watkins. Justin is the founder and CEO of Native Digital. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Let's get started with the simplest and dumbest question of the day. What do you do? What do I do professionally? Um, personally? You know, wow. I kind of just I left that the, the open in the air for you to run with it as much <laughs> Who am I uh, or kidding? as little I mean, as you want The only to. way I can answer this is professionally because yeah. personal is just carting kids around to basketball <laughs> games, things like that. Professionally, uh, native digital, digital marketing. So it is, we've got a brand team, we've got a performance marketing team. That's what we do. Clients come to us and they say, hey, we want to sell more of whatever it is they sell. And we try to help them out with that. The marketing world, I feel like changes more dramatically than most and mm. quicker. Yep. And so you started this company seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about like what you like, why you started it, how you got there. And then I'm going to follow up question of just like how it's changed since you've been yeah. you know, running this thing. It's a last. good question. I mean, so if we go way back uh, as a kid, I was just like the artistic kid who scored well in math, which usually doesn't go together, but then found marketing. You're like, oh, you can use both of those. So that felt pretty good. So that's how I got into it. Um, and then I came in through the UX design route. So uh, went to school. They were teaching all this kind of print stuff that I didn't fully understand you're you're a mule correct i am a mule yes fantastic yeah big print program down there uh and then it was about a year or two in. i discovered these like people were doing stuff with animation and putting stuff on the web and i took one of those classes and it just like clicked so from then on i was like obsessed with it and became ux designer and that was like the first five or ten years of my career um and then i became really interested with okay i'm designing all these sites and apps and things like that how are people getting to this thing and so that became the new obsession was how do you get people to that thing? And so that was about uh, maybe five years before starting Native. That was the new obsession. And then when we started Native, it's like, let's try to get people to that thing. Let's get people to that website. So that's really what we focused on was how do you, I'd spent most of my career on site. Like, how do you build a site experience? So now it was, how do you get people to that thing? And that became, a, that to me was a more complex problem. So it was more interesting. Um, and to your point, seven years ago when we started, what you did to draw people's attention, it's it's changing. And it feels like this like hamster wheel. To be in marketing is kind of like on this hamster wheel where what you know one year may not be relevant at all the next year. And so if you want to be good, if you want to be relevant, you have to be really good at kind of unlearning the things that you might be really good at to learn something that you really suck at. But eventually you'll learn. And by the way, you might throw it away again five years later because there's some new hot thing, uh, which is a little intimidating. Because, you know, sometimes you can see someone coming up in the industry and you're like, oh, that's not important because that's not my thing. And then you realize, oh, dang, that's actually really important. We better figure this stuff out. I rem remember a conversation you and I, this is probably two or three years ago. And, you know, we're. Thanks for the invitation. You're welcome. Um, the important we conversations. Talk. We can talk. We, uh, <laughs> and there were a lot of people that were our age that were really poo-pooing TikTok mm. pretty severely. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, you know three years ago, I think TikTok at the time was only maybe two years old. And you're like, no, this is, this is, this is going to be a thing. And uh, a lot of folks disagreed with you, but um, 
Are, are there like simple truths in marketing that you feel like you can universally apply to new media mediums, me, medias, uh, apps, medias, whatever, as medias. they come? Or do you feel like you really are hamster wheel having to reinvent yourself on a regular basis and yeah. throw things out the window? I don't know what the plural of it is either. Um, medias? Mediums? <laughs> Channels? Medi mediomas. Platforms? <laughs> the uh, It's funny, like you said, TikTok. I, I was even a little resistant to that. But every time there's a new thing like that, I'm always trying to familiarize myself just so I don't look like a, you know, any older than I need to be. Right. I remember my daughter, she's like, Dad, you have TikTok? I'm like, I have to. Like, I need to I need to know what these things are. Um, this is work. Go back yes, to your room. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. Uh, I was dancing in front of the mirror and things like that. Yeah. So um, you weren't invited to that either, Andy. <laughs> gosh, I think I tagged you on that. Um, I think there's principles that apply. Ultimately, it's like human behavior type stuff. Like if you can, the longer you get in the, in, you're in the industry, you just realize like people have these weird behaviors. And the more you understand that, I think that really helps. And it's, you're like, you become almost like this psychologist of like, how do people make decisions and what do they, how do they like to spend their time and that type of thing. But then there's just all these new ways and way in the way we express ourselves and like the tools are becoming like crazy. And then the trends are just shorter and shorter, right? Like, mm -hmm. Um, you know, like in social media, you go on a five year, 10 year run and then it's dead or, and now it's now it's like a six month run sometimes like that platform's so hot and six months later it's like, no, it's dead. So it's just wild. And some people love it. It's, it's exciting. You got to keep up. You got to stay on your A game. Other people like hate it, mm -hmm. you know, because they feel like they've established themselves as something. And now that established thing is less popular and it's yeah. really easy to get bitter, I think, because you're like, Hey, we're good at this. Someone's like, doesn't matter anymore. That doesn't feel great. Can we talk about to the average listener who doesn't make marketing decisions, even if they understand the marketing of their organization, they don't dig deeply into the digital marketing, really break down what digital marketing is and how it varies so much from traditional. I mean, obviously, internet versus a billboard, yeah. that's obvious. But really, what are the nuances that make digital marketing unique and specialized. Yeah. I, I think in simplistic terms, I mean, most conversations we have, when we meet a, a business, we're typically trying to figure out one of two things. Do they need awareness and name recognition? Like, hey, people know who we are. They like who we are. They're interested in what we do. Um, whenever they're trying to solve a problem, they think of us first, second, third, maybe, or not at all. So that's one sort of camp of, of problems that we're looking for. The other camp is people know who we are. Um, but they're not choosing us, they're not looking for us, or they are looking for us, but they don't do anything. They might hit our website, poke around, leave, they transact somewhere else. And that's more of like an acquisition problem. Like people know about us, but they're not buying from us, or it's taking too long. You know, we end up talking to them for 18 months before they do anything. So that's more of an acquisition problem. That's, and we have, we've built teams around those two problems because we feel like everybody we meet typically has one of those two problems, if not both. And then we just try to figure out which is the burning problem that we can help them with. And sometimes it's both and we'll put both of our teams on it. But at the end of the day, it's one of those two things. And I don't know anybody who has too much name recognition. There's very few that have like too much name recognition, too much appeal. Um, but there's a lot of people who are trying to find that customer at that, like that last mile, right? Like they know the name, they're looking for this thing, they're gonna make a decision, they're gonna buy something the next, you know, month or so or whatever it is, like how did they get them and not lose them? 
So that's where a lot of the digital and like performance stuff comes is they're telling Google, Hey, I'm, I need this thing. So how do you get them? And so then how do you guys go from having that meeting with a client prospective client to then the actual execution? Is this something that you're like, we need all of your assets and then we'll just decide what the right strategy is. Is it great? Let us come up with the plan now that we understand your goals and build us this just general synopsis of what you want to achieve. And then we take it from there because we know where we need photos, where we need videos, or is it sort of a combined effort? How do you really then take it to the next step with a business that wants to engage? I mean, that's pretty close. I mean, every first conversation, it is either the marketing team has already diagnosed what they think the problem is, and they've been trying to figure this out for a while. Your marketing team or the company's marketing The company's team. marketing team. They've, they've either diagnosed it and say, hey, I think this is the problem. We're pretty clear on this. These are the numbers we got to hit. And I think this is what we got to do. We were doing this before. It's not working out. We think maybe you could be better at this. And usually they're talking to, they're either talking to just us or three other firms. They're trying to figure out which firm is not full of shit and actually going to be able to do this thing, right? So they're trying to gauge like, do these guys got it, right? Then there's other conversations where they're just kind of lost. They're like, the numbers aren't really working out. People don't know about us or people do know about us, but they're not buying from us. Not at the rate we need it to be. And again, they're trying to figure out, do we, does it look like we know what we're doing? Have we done this before? What's our confidence that we can actually do this? And so those are what a series of conversations look like. And it usually takes three or four conversations before they're comfortable to turn over a really big problem to a team that they've just met or it's been recommended to them, things like that. Those conversations you're having with your clients, you know, there's, there's risk strategies within marketing efforts. And I'm assuming, you know, there's things where it's like, Hey, you clearly need to do this. Like take it to the bank. If you start doing this and take you it put, to Emprise, bank. take it to Emprise <laughs> bank, <laughs> get a line of credit to do this new initiative. Uh, and if you put a dollar into this, this machine, yep. it's going to give you two, right? Yep. And that's your basic blocking and tackling and maybe some SEO or search yep. terms or whatever. But are you having conversations with your clients as far as like, hey, these are some things that you absolutely should be doing. These are maybe some, I don't know if risky is the right word, but like a lot of marketing to me, it seems to be, hey, how can we push the envelope? How can we do something different? So there has to be kind of this like, you know, trying new things. How do you have those conversations or do you have those conversations of like, hey, there's there's this new medium <laughs> or there's this new opportunity or we've seen this other completely random group have success over here. Do you all want to try something new? Like, are you having yeah. those conversations? For sure. It's kind of like always ongoing. Our, our sort of principle that we try to live by as a group is like be good at the newest proven thing. Mm -hmm. um, newest meaning let's not get used to doing like the thing that we like doing and it's now outdated mm -hmm. and also proven being it's not bleeding edge. We don't want our customers to bleed. We want them to like, it's proven to work. Right. So we're not going to be the first ones to be like, Hey, let's do an AR blah, blah, blah thing. Like that mm -hmm. is unproven most of the time. So we're sure. not going to be the ones kind of promoting that. Now we might kick it around after we've been successful at some other stuff and say, Hey, if you want to take a gamble on this, here's a little piece of the budget here. We think we might, do this thing that's sure. a little experimental yeah but for us it's i mean a lot of our initial conversations it's in some cases talking a client out of an idea that's popular but unproven 
to say, hey, let's do this other thing that we're really confident in. Like, this is probably going to have a pretty good return if you do these types of things. Sometimes the evergreen, just foundational stuff isn't covered yet. And so if that's the case, we'll say, hey, let's do that. Because if we can earn their trust by making money, then they will be more likely to go do something that's just fun, you know, or experimental or whatever. But I would say it's pretty common for us to, even in initial conversations with clients we're just meeting, to potentially talk them out of a strategy that they've really fallen in love with, which is difficult because in some cases they love that strategy they've come up with. Yeah. And they don't, and they barely know us. Sure. So you kind of, but if you ask the right questions and and phrase it and frame it correctly, you make it their idea. Yeah. yeah. So you can make it their idea. So let's talk about you and your team and your business for a minute. I, I If I memory serves me correctly, you all recently got a new office, we did. right? Yes. Um, and I, feel like so much of what you all do is in this digital space, but you all have decided that having a physical space is really important for you and your team. Tell us a little bit about like how big is your team? Let's, let's, you started let's start it seven beginning. years ago, yeah. right? It was you probably in a basement or a garage or something. How have you progressed since then? Came from an agency, a big agency, cut your teeth there, learned everything. So yeah, just that's right. Yeah, that that's right. I think uh, I had done three or four stints at agencies. Uh, one of them was a ten-year stretch, which never happens in wow. our industry. Um, you are so old. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I appreciate that. You have kids. The mirror. Wow. The mirror reminded me this morning. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I got to a point where I'm like, I think I've learned enough to not starve if I start this thing, and I had set a deadline for myself. Like, if I don't take a jump at a certain age, I'm just going to force myself to do it. So a year before that deadline, I'm like, I better figure this thing out because I don't want to have to just cold turkey, like just make the jump. So, um, so yeah, it was basement. You're dead on there. Um, myself. And I was in a real hurry to like hire employee number one and two and three. Like I did not want to be in my basement by myself for very long. Like I just didn't, I felt like I would get rusty, you know, kind of talking about the new trends, like mm-hmm. me by myself, I'm not a very good colleague. It's I'm going to so, get so, rusty. So did you start earning revenue before you looked to hire one, two, and three, or did you raise mm-hmm. money? Oh yeah. Bootstrapped all the way. I, I sold my vehicle to buy a lesser than vehicle just to put a little money in the bank to feed the family. I mean, my wife stays at home. She's a recovering teacher. Mm-hmm. And so it was all on my shoulders. So yeah, I sold a vehicle, put a little bit in the bank and went to the basement and started working. But got client one, two, and three. And then I was able to convert uh, a freelance, like sort of like a permalancer into a full-time employee who said, hey, if this thing starts to go, I'll be employee number one. I was like, great, I'm going to go to the basement now. So <laughs> so that's how, I, you know, year number one kind of yeah. went. So I was like, I think I can feed my family for a little bit. Not only see if I can feed your family for a little bit. And then that kind of went from there. And So yeah, keep going. Let's hear it. So that, was, so that was year one. So that's seven years ago. Um, I'll just fast forward through the next six years, bunch of work, bunch of really good people, nice clients, did some work that meant something to us. Today we're at seven years. We have 31 employees. Wow. We moved into what is, I think our third office now. Okay. Um, we were in Midtown Union Hill for a while on Gillum, uh, had a couple different offices down there. Now we're on 16th and Grand right next to Messenger Coffee. So if mm-hmm. you're going into Messenger Coffee, you can see us right over there to the right. So um, we've got space in there for our team. We're about 80 to 90% of us are Kansas City based. And then we've got another 10 or 20% it fluctuates. That's going to be remote. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of embraced a hybrid 
slash remote work life that's come very easy to us. Mm-hmm. It was not hard for us to just pick up our laptops that March and go home and work from, it was, it was actually surprisingly easy. But we really value being in person. I mean, I, I got into, one of the reasons I started Native was I had worked at five shops. Two of them had a really great culture. I mean, just on a Friday afternoon, you almost, we were almost having more fun than whatever I had planned that evening. Like that's super rare. Like, Kids basketball games. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I don't wanna go. Um, that's pretty rare. Like not very many people can say they like really enjoy hanging out with their colleagues. Um, I wanted to see if that could go a little bit further. Like I felt like I'd worked at places where the culture was about what I would rate 90%. And I wanted to see if there was possibility to get it up to like 91% or 92%. And so that was one of the bets I was making. And so if and we may have had this conversation actually years ago was anybody who had coffee with me back then, I said, in five years, I want to have 15 of the best people. And just, I had this idea of people like walking through the front door and be like, how'd you get, like, those are all really good people. How'd you get them under one? That's why he group? never asked me the interview. That's, yeah, that's definitely why you, <laughs> you guys just had coffee. Right. Just recently. <laughs> like, who do you know? Yeah. So we did that, but we did it in three years. So that was a little, that was ahead of schedule. And now that's, it's still the same thing. It's like, how do you just create a place where like really talented people want to be there? And when they look to the person next to them, it's like, man, they're pretty sharp. And I feel like I'm getting better because they're making me better. So like, that's what it's all about. So to me, like you need an in-office environment to help make that happen. Like sure. you, you can do a lot remote and we embrace that. But there's just, as you guys know, there's just something different when you're in person with each sure. other and little run-ins that you have. And it's, uh, it's important. And so that's one of the reasons why during pandemic, in fact, we were given an out. We didn't have to move forward with that lease because we were going through the building process and all that. And we said, no, we think we think this is still important. So we we stuck with it, opened it up last June. We've been there for a year, been doing hybrid for a year. It's I think it's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Wrapping up. Yeah. Let me be brief. This we was have, awesome. We have 90 seconds left where it's no longer brief at that point in time. Yeah, we might be 90 <laughs> seconds <laughs> over or it's no longer brief. The final question, not business related, can't say getting married or having kids. What's the coolest thing you've ever done? Coolest thing? Yep. Oh, you said it was going to be best Best, thing. best is fine. Coolest thing. Neatest. Yeah, it can't be like started my company. Yeah. N- none of the cop outs. Can't be this podcast. Like. Because we know obvious. that's the answer. You no, know, this, this is this this is a, a really bad answer because it's got a name drop in it, which I don't think is cool. But we, we've been able to do some work that's pretty cool, I guess you'd say. We met Richard Branson. He was in one of the things that we shot. I got to take a photo with a billionaire that I admire. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm actually cool enough to be next to this guy, take this photo, but I'd say that's pretty cool. Where'd you do it on his private Island? Uh, almost as cool, uh, at Virgin orbit. So as soon as we took the photo, he's like, let me go show you my rockets. And he was way more <laughs> interested in that than taking the photo with us. Of course. Yeah. That's fantastic. You yeah. didn't get a photo with him in one of his rockets next time. in front of one next time. Okay. Yes. That's pretty great. Yeah, that is next time. Well, Justin, uh, on behalf of Emprise Bank, Let It Fly Media, the Jay Rieger Distillery, Swell Spark, uh, I miss any? I think I got them all. Uh, super grateful for you to spend some time with us today, share more about your story, going from a basement and having 30 folks. And we wish you so much success as you continue to grow and continue to support Kansas City as well. So thanks for making time for us today. Appreciate it, guys.